0: And I think when you look at that and look where this industry's headed, the legislature, as representatives of their community, now understand this industry has come a long way and this agency needs to be at the forefront across the board.
1: The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy delivering prosperity, innovation, and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Bulwark's oil and gas industry leaders podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Welcome to episode number seven. I'm honored to be sitting here this afternoon in Austin, Texas, with my guest, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Railroad Commission of Texas. How are you this afternoon, madam?
0: I'm great. Thanks for having me. And thanks for being in Austin.
1: Thanks for coming on the show. Before we go into your current role, could you please inform our audience of how you got started in the oil and gas industry?
0: Well, kind of non-traditional in some respects. And traditional at the same time. So I grew up in Midland, Texas, the heart of the oil and gas industry in this country, I think, as everybody knows at this point. And my dad was in the oil and gas industry. So he sells mud and puts together deals. And I watched that in my life and grew up around and in the oil and gas industry. And like, this is a good industry. You've got hardworking people who know how to make a difference in a community, but are innovative and do good things in business. So I watched that growing up and then came to Austin, to UT Austin and went to undergrad in law school and decided that necessarily going back to Midland to live wasn't the greatest idea as a single woman. There wasn't a lot of job opportunities, but I wanted to be involved. So I became an attorney, does oil and gas, tax, water, environmental issues for the last 20 years. Started a grassroots company because I think it's important for any business that you're working on to be out in the community, educating and informing communities about what you're doing. And then when the Railroad Commission seat. Looked like it was coming available, frankly, in 2011. I'd been watching this agency, worked around this agency, actually did an internship in this agency during law school at the Railroad Commission. Knew it was a good agency and needed some attention, quite frankly. And as I say, like a typical woman, I decided I was going to come in and fix it. And so in 2011, uh, there was a seat going to be available. So I ran for office, had never run for office ever and had decided that this would be a great place to be, and I was right. So I worked hard for, frankly, 18 months and ended up winning.
1: Wow, that's pretty incredible. Running for the first time, as I mentioned in emails prior to this, that I understand what that's like. But what really made you run?
0: Well, it really was a big piece of it was this agency needed some attention, in my opinion. So we were up for Sunset, and so for, for educating folks about Sunset... Every 12 years, most agencies in the state of Texas go through a sunset review, which is basically an audit, not a financial audit, but a performance audit. We have been in as an agency since 2010, and I was sitting in a committee hearing at the end of 2010, beginning of 2011, and watching commissioners struggle to explain why oil and gas was important, and it was important, remember, at that time period. We had started becoming more important again. Mm -hmm. And also... Just looking at the agency and thinking this agency is the most important energy industry agency, frankly, in the entire world. When you look at it, it's the oldest. I think it's the most important energy agency in the entire world. And it needed somebody to sit and look at the agency, keep and bring good quality people back into this industry, in this agency, and make sure somebody was paying attention. So I decided to run because it sounded interesting. I was kind of at a crossroads in a in my career and trying to figure out what I joke what I was going to figure out what I was going to do when I grew up. And it, was, it really was an interesting time in this industry. It was $100 oil. So everybody thought it was going to be great forever. And I'd lived through a few downturns in my life. So I knew it wasn't going to be great forever. I knew there were some long term opportunities. And there were good people over here. And I decided if nothing else, if I ran, I'd figure out what I was going to do next and uh, meet a lot of fun people in the process. And so it was, it's been a great experience.
1: So now that we know where you began, can you discuss your journey to your current position now and the, really the the challenges you faced as the chairman and commissioner?
0: Well, so all three of us as commissioners are elected statewide equally. Mm-hmm. We're all up every six years. So I'm actually getting ready to be up in the next cycle again in 2018. So oh, I was elected in 2012. Right. So I'll have a, I have a six-year term. And we rotate the chairmanship amongst the three of us as a gentleman's quote agreement. So this is my second time to be chairman. In this agency, and I always joke I draw the short straw because I have been chairman during the legislative session. Oh, so, no. so somehow I I don't know why that seems smart, but that's just sort of the process for me. So this this was my second term to be chairman during a session too, which means you're over in the building a lot. So I think you know it's been an interesting place to be. There's a lot of opportunity, I think, across the country and across this state of educating people one about the oil and gas industry, but to Explaining why this industry is important, where it's going potentially going forward and where we've just come out of a legislative session yesterday so on Monday we're all still kind of focused there but we got through sunset for the first time and we're glad about that but we had a great budget cycle for us and I hate to say this in some respects but the plus for this agency is and the negative is we've been in a downturn in this industry the last two years and so managing through that downturn as an agency we're fee-based so guess as we've had no Dollars coming in, frankly, in this agency are very few com- compared to where we were two years ago. Managing through a crisis, budget crisis, figuring out how to go back over to the legislature and say, you know, we really are very, very important to the state. We're 30 percent of the industry's 30 percent of the state economy. Was 40 percent when y'all were here two years ago. Guess why? You're having budget problems, right? And let me explain to you and give you good information about why, you ought to give us more dollars. We have dollars we bring in, just give us some other dollars. So we've had a very successful budget session as well. And I think when you look at that and look where this industry's headed, the legislature as representatives of their community now understand this industry has come a long way and this agency needs to be at the forefront across the board.
1: Absolutely. And there's, you know, so many wells that aren't producing anymore and you've got to do something with them. That's right.
0: And we, and look, we look at, you know, we've got wells, and I think that we've done out of this agency from my office this past year what I call the Oil Field Relief Initiative. Part of it to figure out how we manage rules smarter, get rid of some rules that we don't need to. And Part of that is some of those marginal and stripper wells, we want to keep them online. Look, it's a job for somebody if they're online. They're also tax dollars that people pay to the state and to local communities. And once you take a well offline and plug it, it's gone. Yeah. And so you really hey, I'd like, I like to keep wells online. It's still, they're important. So I think the, the creation of jobs and continuing to have job creation, because you've got, it's not just the pumper out there, it's the service company, it's. It goes all the way down the line. So we've looked one job in the state from oil and gas really ends up creating something like five to ten because of all the service companies as well as the restaurants and the people at the grocery store and other, and other community jobs. So it's, it's, a, it's an important industry of in the state.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you had one piece of advice to give to our audience, what would it be?
0: You know, I think the biggest piece of advice that I got years ago, and I think it's true no matter who you are and what business you're in, is frankly, treat everybody the same. So whether it's the person cleaning your bathroom or whether it's a CEO, everybody, if you treat them the same and are courteous to people, and then people want to work with you and continue respecting what you do and and even if they don't agree with your position on whatever the issue is that relationship continues so I think treating everybody the same which I grew up doing that anyway so it didn't matter where you what you did or what you worked for if you're working hard I think that's an opportunity or or if you're out educating people or you know strong about an opinion I don't have to agree with you but as long as we're respectful of each other and treat everybody the same I think
1: that's a big piece. I couldn't agree more with that what book influenced you the most?
0: Probably, and I hate to say it's a cliche, but I'd say the Bible really for me, because I think the, the day to day, I mean, I've got my daughter sitting in here as we're doing this (laughs) today. And you know, that's where, you know, those are the life lessons and they really are in the Bible. So I think that's one of those things we read a little bit every day and, and try to put a lot of practices into your daily
1: life. So what's your most used business tool?
0: You know, it's an interesting question, like a real a piece of equipment, obviously my phone, but the tool itself, I'd say mediation, Just sitting and listening to all sides. That's the lawyer in me figuring out how everybody can come to the table and, and get something out of the deal, whatever the deal is. So I think mediation and listening to all sides and trying to be fair when you're making a judgment, you know, it's, one of the jobs you do at the Railroad Commission, you're a judge when yeah. we have cases that come through. So I think you look at the facts, look at the law, and try to be fair to all to all parties. I think mediation is a big piece of it and listening to people.
1: Who is your most respected competitor?
0: For us, I think you look at what other people are doing in business or in other agencies and want to try to take good things that they've learned and... Um, and, and emulate them in some respects. So we had a commissioner when I first got here. He knew a lot about rate cases. I learned a lot about rate cases from him. It was a g- he understood it. He was willing to have those conversations. When the three of us as commissioners sit on the dais in an open meeting, you know, everybody's got their own perspective, and I think that's a really good thing to try to listen to people and learn from other folks.
1: Awesome. What is your most important lesson learned? That's an interesting question.
0: Yeah, you really, but That's an interesting question. You know, I would say besides listening to people, frankly, you've got to stand up for what you believe in.
1: Absolutely. And so
0: uh, whether you've educated yourself and then you get in the room and stand up. And I think women have a harder time sometimes... Getting in the room when you've got a room of men and frankly this industry has a lot of men in it. Getting better with the women, by the way. Keep keep coming, keep coming. We need there's lots of opportunities long term. Um but getting in and saying, Look, I'm I'm for this. This is what I'm for, this is what I believe in and while you don't have to agree with me all the time, you have to be strong and stand up for your convictions.
1: What's your favorite podcast? You know, I don't
0: have a lot of time for podcasts. <laughs> um, partly because I, when I want to watch something, if it's if it's not the middle of the night, I'm watching like Mickey Mouse or or princesses with my daughter. So with that, takes over my life. But if people send me good quality podcasts, I do watch them. And um, and I think that that's you know, I think that where I prioritize time, that I don't actually watch a lot of TV or do a lot of screen time when I'm at home. If it's work related, absolutely, we we look at it during hours or hours when I'm not um with my daughter but we prioritize other things besides
1: screen time when she's around so
0: I don't spend a lot of time but if there's good podcast and people
1: send it to me I always have well, to send you a link to my show I will <laughs> I'll watch it I'll listen to,
0: <laughs> it. I'll listen to yeah, it I should yeah. say I listen to it. I mean it is the new wave of the world and I, I do enjoy it when I'm driving actually we'll plug them in and listen to them that's when I generally get to listen to things
1: Yeah, that's exactly how I got onto the network. So that's been interesting. Now it's time to announce this week's winner of the $200 steak dinner from the Capitol Grill. And this week's winner is Dimitri Andreev, production engineer at Occidental Petroleum Corp. Congratulations! Congratulations. $200 steak dinner is a
0: great gift. I'd take that. Okay, we're going to have to (laughs) sign up. We're signing up.
1: For your chance to win a $200 steak dinner from the Capital Grill, each week visit www.bulwark.com forward slash podcast, enter your information, and listen for next week's show to see if your name is chosen. As always, a link will be provided in the show notes to make it easier to enter. If you're not familiar with Bulwark, they are the leader, not to mention the largest manufacturer of flame-resistant clothing in the world. So after you're done signing up for that steak dinner this week, be sure to check out the rest of Bulwark's websites to learn more. And since Oil & Gas Global Network's calendar is filled with events, it's, we also need to thank our on-the-road travel sponsors. Lee Hecht Harrison, LLH is the world's leading talent development and transition company that helps businesses simplify the transformation of their talent and workforces to accelerate results and reduce risk. Also, helping individuals build their careers within their companies or in transition to new opportunities. Visit www.lhh.com for more information. Also, we've got Total Land Technologies, which has the world's most advanced field land management system, the Landman's virtual office. Visit www.totalland.com for more information. That concludes this episode, so just remember, it's up to you to open the next door. Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Bulwark's Oil & Gas Industry Leaders podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com.